Amen. When you study Paul's revelation, immediately people think of uh, certain facets of Paul's revelation that are uh, unique to him. Uh, but in Paul's revelation is also Philippians chapter 4, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 are part of Paul's revelation, Galatians 3. And all that has to do with the believer, the Christian, and their finances. How many believe, how many believe God's interested in your finances? Amen. And wants to bless you coming in and going out. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, Paul talks about a church that their giving was so uh, amazing. He actually writes two chapters here about this church's generosity. How many think God pays attention to generosity? Amen. Come on, generous giving. Uh, scripture says that a man by the name of Cardenas in Acts chapter 10, his prayers and his giving came up before God. His prayers and his what? Giving, his generosity came up before God. And he really wasn't even a Christian at that time, but his generosity got God's attention. So he loved and prayed and he loved God and didn't really know the Lord that well, but he loved to give. Hallelujah. And he was such a good giver that he got God's attention. And so God had to send uh, angels to, on a special mission and sent Peter on a special mission and got Cornelius and his whole family filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, when you're a generous giver, God will do things for you that money cannot do. Hallelujah. All right, let's try that once again. Because when we talk about generous giving, people kind of think about the money facet of it. But really, uh, generous giving affects you more than just financially. It affects you spiritually. Are y'all still here? Matter of fact, in Luke 16, Jesus said, if God can trust us with money, then he'll give us true riches. In other words, money's not really true riches. I mean, that's just something temporary down here. But God said, if I could trust you with money, I'll do things for you better than money. That means he'll give you revelation, come on, anointing, and wow, a lot of blessings come. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, this church, uh, they were giving so good that Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8, 2, they had a great trial of affliction. And it says, and the abundance of their joy, 2 Corinthians 8, 2, they got real happy and they had deep poverty and they gave generously. <laughs> That's pretty wild scripture, isn't it? Isn't that a wild? That's the most unusual scripture probably in the New Testament. I mean, these people have a great trial. They're having a lot of trouble. And it says, and they got really happy. Let's try that one more time. Most people that are going through a great trial, you can look at them and tell they're going through a great trial. But these people went through a great trial and they got real happy. Then they had a deep poverty. So they didn't just have financial needs. They had some serious financial needs. And he said, and in the middle of their own need, they gave generously. A lot of times we think when we have a financial need that we're actually exempt from giving. Let's try it one more time. A lot of us think, well, I got a need myself. So we think we're exempt from giving. But you're going to see that giving, even in a time when you have a need, can actually open up something supernatural for you. You could actually give your way out of poverty. <laughs> Whoa, I like that. In other words, when you're a person of faith, you do crazy things. Do we have any faith people in here? When you're a person of faith, you do crazy things like you're having deep problems and trials and adversity and you go, ah, you get real happy. How many ever tried that? You're going through deep poverty and come on, you're having a great trial and your mama this and your daddy that and your job this and come on, you got problems and you got really happy. Ah, uh, come on, your, your countenance should never be a picture of your trouble. They had trouble, but man, they got real happy. Then they had deep poverty, great financial challenges, and they gave so generously that the next verse, verse 3, Paul says, they gave beyond their ability to give. 
He said they, they gave too much. Amen. How many ever had giver's remorse? Nobody here. In other words, how many ever got so excited about giving you gave and you, a few days later you're like, oh, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, I did that one time at Brother Hagin's meeting. I gave and got a happy and doubled it up. And, uh, actually, uh, later on, years later, I took a $50,000 offering to Kenneth Hagin Ministries, and he got to preaching, so I doubled it up and gave 100000 All the way home, I had this thing going through my mind. Like, what were you thinking, right? And then... Uh, then the devil said to me, what are you going to do if all that giving don't work? That's what he said to my mind. What are you going to do if all that giving don't work? So doubt or fear came in. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, never let the devil intimidate you. He said, you turn that around on the devil and say, devil, what are you going to do when it does work? Because God said... Come on, he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing out on that room. God said he would multiply my seed sown. Whoa, I got happy, man. And when the harvest came in, I told everybody, that giving really works. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, that giving really works, man. I, come on, Jesus said, when you give, it's going to come back, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Do I have any witness here that you've ever given? He said, man, you can't outgive God. It came back pressed down, shaking together and running over. And the Lord told me one time, he said, you can give more than you've ever given and still have more than you've ever had. Let's try that one more time. I said, you can give more than you've ever given and still have more than you've ever had. Is there anybody here that's given more than you've ever given and you still have more than you've ever had? Man, that's hard to figure that with your pencil, isn't it? <laughs> I had a, a tax guy come to a professional guy to try to help me with my taxes. And, and he uh, sat in my office and he said, he said, you give too much. And I said, that's the reason I have too much. <laughs> figure that with your pencil. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes people can't figure with their brain what happens when you're given and instead of going broke, you actually increase from your giving. And so Paul says to these believers here, they gave beyond their power and then they begged them, it says, the next verse, to receive the offering. A lot of people are like, I'd be honest if I keep it. No, they, they said, please take this seed we want to give into the kingdom of God. We want to give into the gospel. It is the only eternal investment in this world. Let's try it one more time. It's the only eternal investment in this world. Woo! And so it says they gave, and then they gave, and he says this. In verse 6, he left Titus, his associate, to teach them to finish the grace, the grace in them. And so he stayed there to teach them to receive the giving. And then it says in verse 7, 2 Corinthians 8, 7, as you abound in everything, you abound in faith, you abound in utterance, you abound in knowledge, in your diligence, in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. How many of y'all know that verse is right there in the Bible? This is a part of Paul's revelation. Come on, we like certain facets on the blood and who you are in Christ. But look at this, part of Paul's revelation. He said, you abound in your faith. You abound in your utterance. That means you're preaching, you're teaching, you do well. Your knowledge of the word, you do well. Your diligence, your love. He said, see that you abound in this grace also. What does that mean? That means it's possible to do well in one facet of the grace of God and not do well in another facet. All right, let's try this out of here. I said it's possible to do real well. Come on in your preaching and your teaching, your knowledge. So Paul says, see that you abound in this grace also. But it also means that it's important to God for us to abound in this grace also. 
he wouldn't tell them to see that you abound in it. Abound means excel. All right, let's try this out over here. In other words, you so excel in this grace that you're known for that. Instead of just being known for your faith or your knowledge or your preaching, you're known for your generosity. You're known for the blessing of the Lord upon you because this grace he's talking about is not just the grace of giving. It's literally, you're going to see in a moment, the grace of giving and receiving. Or let's say it this way. This grace, he's talking about the grace of God on your finances. That means this. If grace is amazing, there is a song about that. If grace is amazing, how many of y'all have heard that song? Amazing grace. If grace is amazing, how many of y'all believe grace is amazing? If grace is amazing in every other area, it should also be amazing in this area. So the Lord said to me, if you abound in this grace, one day you'll look at your checkbook and say, amazing grace. <laughs> All right. How many of you like to look at your checkbook and go, amazing grace. What has happened? The blessing of the Lord, the goodness of God has abounded and hit me financially. Somebody said there's no limit to God's giving except his creature's capacity to receive. All right, let's try it one more time. In other words, God's the biggest giver. He loves to give, listen now, and his closest friends are givers. God don't just hang out with takers. He hangs out with givers. God loves a cheerful giver. So he's not just looking for people to see what they can get. He's looking for people to say, let me give. My father, God's a giver. Jesus is a giver. Giving runs in my family. I love to give. But he's going to show you how not to give yourself broke, but how to give yourself into the grace of God. All right, let's try it one more time. He's going to show us how to give ourselves not into lack, but into increase. Well, I don't know if I can help y'all or not. He's going to show us how to give ourselves not into less, but give ourselves into more. Not give ourselves into decrease, but give ourselves into increase. Man, I was studying this one day and the Lord said to me, I never designed tithing or giving or sowing for my people to decrease. All right, let's try this out over here. God said, I never designed tithing or sowing or giving for my children to decrease. Let's try this out over here. I never designed tithing, sowing, and giving for my children to decrease. I designed tithing and sowing and giving so I could open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. <laughs> Come on now. Are y'all still here? Yeah. You know, God's like, boy, I'm going to take some money away from them. No, God says, I'm going to see if they'll get in covenant with me financially, and then I'm going to open up the blessing of the Lord upon their life. Everybody say amazing grace. Amazing grace. In other words, something that is greater than your work, something that is greater than your intellect, something that is greater than your education. It's the grace and the favor and the blessing of God that comes on your job, on your business, come on, on your life. Everybody say, amazing grace is on my finances. Let's go ahead and laugh for a minute. Everybody say, amazing grace is on my finances. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Amazing grace. Hallelujah. 
And he says, this is a part of our salvation. In other words, we know Jesus took our sin, but when he took our sin, he also took everything sin produced. He took our sin, he took our sickness, he took our disease, he took our poverty, he took our curse, he took our shame, he took our guilt, come on. He took everything sin produced. He actually became poor that you and I might be made. I don't know, I don't know. I'm just quoting the Bible here. I'm just quoting the Bible. The word rich means abundantly provided for, which is plenty for yourself and plenty to be generous with others. The Lord told me one time, he said, if you will get addicted to giving, I will support your habit." Somebody ought to get happy. I mean, we're, come on. God loves it when you give and you're generous and he loves it when you get happy about it. Come on, when your heart's on the inside saying, I love to give. In other words, every time you give, there's a purpose and there is a promise. The purpose is so the gospel of Christ and to be a blessing to the body of Christ, but also the promise is God said, I will open up something that would not have been opened until you decided I'm gonna be a tither, I'm gonna be a giver, I'm gonna be a sower, and let's just see what God can do. All right, how do you access this grace? Well, Titus stayed there. And he was there to teach them. Now listen close. If you never teach on it from the word, and a lot of times people say, you get the offering over with, get it over with fast. People don't want to hear that. What people are you talking about, yourself? Listen, so we're reading from the Bible. And people say, I don't want to hear that. But if you don't hear the word, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. So if you never hear the word on this subject, then you never have the faith to participate. Let's try that again. I said you never have the faith to participate in the process if you don't ever hear the word. Well, let's see what the word has to say about it. So Paul's telling these people that have given generously, then go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, and I'll try to wrap this up, but some of y'all are listening slow, so it's taking a little bit longer than I was planning. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, he says this. Can y'all find that? So he's talking about their generosity still. He said, he that soweth sparingly shall reap He which soweth shall reap. Who's in charge of your harvest? God's not going to make you do one or the other. God just says, you choose. (laughs) If I have a choice, guess what I choose? I want that bountiful reaping harvest. And the way to qualify for the bountiful harvest is I'm going to have to sow bountiful or generous. Now, how much is generous? That's what I asked the Lord one time because I've been doing this for a long time, 50 years, right? And so I started off making $100 a week. (laughs) And so I said, Lord, I want a generous harvest. So... I need to sow generously. So I said, how much is generous? Because if generous is only a certain amount, then not everybody can do it. Let's try it one more time. I said, if generous is only a certain amount, then everybody can't do it. But if generous is what God calls generous, then anybody can do it. Anybody can qualify for a generous harvest. Matter of fact, somebody might have more money than you and they might be able to outgive you, but they cannot outgenerous you. 
Come on. They may have given more than you, but you gave more generously than they did. Are y'all still here? So anybody can qualify for generous. So I asked the Lord one time, I said, how will I know when I'm generous? Because I want to be in the generous because that's the way I'm going to get the harvest. So I said, how will I know when I'm generous? And the Lord said, you will know. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> how will I know when I'm generous? The Lord said, you'll know. I said, well, how will I know? He said, it's when you give generously. It's when you give and think about it for months later. <laughs> he said, if you can give and never think about it again, you're in the sparing department. That means you stayed in your comfort zone. But the moment you leave your comfort zone just a little bit, come on now, a little bit, you leave your comfort zone a little bit and you stretch a little bit, you have just stepped over into the generous department. Whatever that is to you. Y'all still with me here? And he calls giving here, sowing. Come on. I call it farming money. Sowing means that you're sowing expecting a harvest. Is anybody here expect? Come on, when you're tithing or you're sowing or you're are you expecting what Jesus said will happen, will happen? Come on, don't just give like you're giving to the budget, but give like the promises of God are coming to pass in your life. Amen. So he says, you sow, and he calls giving sowing. I say sowing is not throwing. Sowing is giving with a purpose and a promise. Thank y'all for your enthusiasm. Come on, I'm sowing. That means the scripture says, cast your bread on the water. You're going to find it again after many days. Come on, you cast your seed on the water. God will carry it out into your future. And when you arrive three months from now, you're going to say, I've already got a harvest waiting on me for what I did three months ago. <laughs> Amen. Woo. All right. The next verse says, he calls sowing. Here's the way the Lord said it to me. He said, your sowing will always outperform your saving." Nothing wrong with saving. He just said, your sowing will outperform your saving. And then the Lord said this to me. He said, there's a lot of things you'll get faster by sowing for it than you will by saving for it. Y'all see the land and the property you're here and the building you're here? Your pastors came to meeting after meeting for years. And they were believing God for this land, $7 million. It looked totally impossible, totally beyond their reach. They could never save enough for it. It would have taken years and years. And they would have been 100 years old out here on the property going, I think we got enough money. Huh? If they were just saving for it. But they didn't just save for it. Come on, they came and said, we'd like to sow a seed for $7 million property over there. And you are sitting on it right now. <laughs> I said, you're sitting on it, baby. <laughs> you, you are sitting on a miracle, baby. You are sitting in a miracle, I'm telling you. I watched them. And they'd come and say, Whoo, we need a miracle to get that property. But they just kept sowing their seed. Come on, and they'd sow and then they'd double it. Then they'd increase it. And I'm like, Whoo, there better be a God. I hope he can see. I know it can count. He's got a book called Numbers. So I hope. <laughs> Listen, if you can get free in this area, it will change your whole life spiritually. Amen. I got two grunts on that. I said spiritually, if you can be free in this area. Amen. So well, they, they're sowing. So the Lord said, you will get things faster 
by sowing for it. That's right. Here you sit, and they're not 100 years old yet. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Who knows how long saving would have taken them. But they just kept sowing. And the miracle came to pass. Ha, ha, ha. The devil is a liar. I said, the devil is a liar. Come on, the devil said, you better hold on to that money. You're going broke. Well, they said, we ain't holding on to it. We're going to sow it. Once we put it in God's hands, he's going to multiply it. He's going to bring it back, press down, shake it together, and run it over. They did that. Ha, ha. So he says, you sow generously, and you're going to reap generously. Here's the way the Lord said it to me. He said, if your giving don't affect you much, neither will your harvest affect you much. All right, let's try that one more time. Because when you're generous, it affects you. He said, if, you're, if your giving don't affect you much, neither will your harvest affect you much. In other words, when you're giving, you just go, here. But here, Lord. Here's something there. See what you can do with that. Here, Lord. I mean, you... You spent more at Disney World than you did. Come on, you spent more on your fingernails than you gave in the church. Come on, you spent more on your last hairdo. Come on now. Come on, you, you spent more. Come on, you gave Mickey Mouse more money than you gave Jesus. What you talking about? Are y'all still here? Try to tell the Lord how much you love him. You go, here, Mickey, give Mickey Mouse, you know, 5,000 to take the family. Give the Lord, you know, 50 bucks. Y'all still here? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So the Lord said, if your giving don't affect you much, neither will your harvest. In other words, when you give, if you just go, nah, that don't affect me much. Then when your harvest comes in, God's going to go, there, that won't affect you much. But when you give and you go, woo, that affect. Then when your harvest comes in, God say, woo, you go, woo. How many like to get a harvest and go, woo? How many ever got a harvest come in and you know God arranged that for you and you just went, woo, look at that. Amen. Woo. Woo. <laughs> I was doing missionary work, you know, and, and I was out preaching. I came home, and my secretary said, uh, you owe $150,000 in bills right now. And I was tired. I'd been doing missionary work, paying for conferences, and I came home, and then Kenneth Copeland's office asked me to be the MC for his 80th birthday party. So they wanted me to be the master of ceremonies because he likes some of my jokes. And they didn't want it to get too serious, you know, kind of a fun. So I told a few jokes like, did you hear about the man that was addicted to drinking brake fluid? He said he could stop at any time. Did you hear about the butcher that took his wife to a party for the first time. He was introducing her around and said, meet Patty. If she was a big woman, he'd say double meet Patty. So, you know, just. So I told my secretary, I've got to go bring a blessing to Kenneth Copeland. He's been a blessing to our generation and to me. So I've got to bring him a big check. So she's like, well, we got to pay these bills. I said, not till I give my check. So I brought my check first, put it in the offering and blessed him with it. And then I had to go to Bogota, Colombia to preach. And I got to Bogota and Brother Copeland gave me a call. He said, Mark, I'm sitting on the back porch looking at the lake. And I got this check you gave me for my birthday. He said, you know, that's a whopper of a seed. I said, yes, sir, I know that's a whopper of a seed. He said, and the Lord told me to tell you, you're going to get a whopper of a heart. Glory to God! Thank you, Jesus! <laughs> so, so we talked a while, and he told me Meat Patty was his favorite joke. And, uh, 
And then after we hung up, I jumped all around the room in Bogota and I said, "Woo! I'm getting a whopper of a harvest. I'm getting a whopper of a harvest. I'm getting a whopper of a harvest. Listen now, not just financially, but in every area, I'm getting a whopper of a harvest. <laughs> Woo! Man, I got home, I'm telling you, within a week's time, I had about an extra $350,000 come in, wiped out every bill with money left over, and I jumped around and said, the devil is a liar. Come on, I'm getting a whopper of a harvest. Amen. <laughs> then he called me up later and asked me to, to get on, be on his TV program free five days a week. On the victory, what a harvest. So, somebody said, well, I wish that happened to me. Well, we say if wishing and hoping was fruits and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. In other words, you don't get there by wishing, you get there by giving. You get there by sowing. Come on now. Amen. So you're sowing with what a purpose and a promise. What's the next verse say? And he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, God... Everybody purpose in your what? Heart. heart. Amen. Your heart. So this affects our heart. Give, not grudgingly. Don't give like somebody's making you give. Amen. For God love. Cheerful. Cheerful. How many have an amplified Bible? Cheerful, hilarious, prompt to do it, happy. One translation says, God loves a laughing giver. Is there anybody that can give and get happy about it? Come on. Amen. Somebody said, we'll still take grouchy money. But God loves. Because <laughs> when you're giving, you're saying, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Hallelujah. My name is written down in heaven. I have an eternal blessing. Amen. In heaven. Amen. Amen. Uh -huh. It's easy to be generous when you know this world is temporary. Right. Amen. Amen. So practicing generosity, and God loves it when you can do that and be happy about it. Amen. 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 Does anybody have to work on getting happy when you're giving? You're like, Praise the Lord. Smile, get happy. And what's the next verse say? Verse 8. Oh, you got to like this one now. I don't know if I should even read that to you. I mean, that's, that's way too much. This is like going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. Because God, come on, who's your source? Come on now. Who are you expecting to take care of you? God is able to make all grace. All right, let's try this one more time. God is able. How many have Amplified Bible? Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Do we have any believers in here? God is able to make every favor and earthly blessing Come to me, my house, my family, my job, my business, my children, my grandchildren. God is able. You ought to just start praising the Lord right now. God is able. Come on, sometimes people say, well, people say, well, I'm on a fixed income. They say, I'm on a fixed income. And I always say, who fixed it? Nobody can fix your income when you're a tither and you're a giver and you're a sower. Come on, nobody can tell you. Come on. I don't care where you work or how much you make per hour. When you're a tither and a giver, they'll say, well, we're gonna pay you $500 a week. You say, thank you very much. But as soon as you walk out of the office, you go, there ain't nobody can tell me how much money I make a week because I'm a tither, I'm a giver, and God opens the windows of heaven. 
Don't feel like you're limited by $500 a week or $1,000 a week, whatever it is you make, because God will break that limit off of you. How many like to take the limits off of God and say, God, go ahead, go ahead and break all the limits off of me? Do we have any believers in here? I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I hear any static, uh, any, any doubters. We got any doubters in here? Come on. Come on. Anybody scared? They're like, oh, I don't know. But once you believe God, whoo, then you have faith to participate in the process. Your sowing will remove any kind of advantage that anybody else may have over you in this whole economy because they like or don't like what you look like. But once I'm a sower, it don't matter whether you like me or not because God is able to make all grace abound. <laughs> I said God is able to make all grace abound. Matter of fact, why don't we just believe God that before this year is over. All right, let's try it over here. I said, why don't we just believe God that before this year is over, that you'll have a breakthrough in the grace of God upon your life financially. <laughs> well, I do a little jumping around. <laughs> All right, all right. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. I'm just as happy with your breakthrough as I am with mine. I want you to testify. Amen. Sit back down just for a minute. This harvest. Woo. All right, now listen close. When you're given then you are participating in the sowing part. But I submit to you that Paul and Titus are teaching them, you did not just give generously, you're fixing to reap generously. Let's try Don't you think that's what Paul's telling them? Second Corinthians 8, he goes to 2 Corinthians 9, and he says, now let me tell you this, because you're gonna break out of deep poverty Come on, the gospel is good news. Amen. 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 Wow. Hallelujah. All right, so the scripture says in Psalms, Lord, show me a token for good that my enemies may see it and be ashamed. In other words, when you're in a situation that God's gonna break you out supernaturally, Sometimes he'll say, let me give you a token. That means this is not all of it, just to let you know there's more on the way. It's in our church, we pastored for 20 years. And so the, uh, the, the richest man, the biggest giver in the church left the church. So he got mad about something, you know, it's too long a story to go into. So he had, you know, big fancy cars and all that. So he left the church. So when he left the church, you know, I, he was the biggest giver in the church. So I got depressed. I was like, oh, Lord, we got like a mortgage payment. We got staff. We got missionaries we support. And the biggest giver just left the church. And in your mind, you think, oh, the finances are going to go down. And so the biggest giver left the church. But I sit in my office, and the Lord spoke to me and said, the biggest giver is still here. I mean, real clear. I'm sitting in my church office and I said, the biggest giver just left the church. And the Lord, just that clear said, the biggest giver is still here. I said, well, Lord, I'd sure like to know who it is. And the Lord said, it's me. The Lord said, I'm the biggest giver. As long as I'm still here, you will never lack for money. <laughs> Hey! Now, sit down, sit down. 
So the Lord said, the biggest giver is still here. He says, as long as I'm here. I said, well, Lord, we're so glad you're still here. Your presence, come on, your goodness, your glory. He said, you'll never lack for money. Wow. But right at that moment, a lady, Hispanic lady, just started coming to church a few weeks before, knocked on my office door, and I have a little peephole in the door because she's supposed to come around through the secretary. She didn't know that. She just comes right to the hallway and knocks on the outside door of my office. I'm like, what in the world? Is she wants to talk to the secretary? I was trying to go to the door. Mrs. Wiggins. Y'all don't ever watch that. Anyway, so. So, big, big business, big business. So, so, uh, <laughs> so she keeps knocking on the door. So, I, you know, I get up on the desk, walk across there, and I'm going to say, yes, ma'am, can I help you? Well, she had a, a sack in her hand, and she was crying. I said, yes, uh, what can I do for you? Come on in. She said, I've only been coming to church here for just a few weeks. She said, and every time you preach on giving, it makes me mad. <laughs> she said, and so I was mad, and the Lord spoke to me and said that you are right. <laughs> I said, ma'am, I'm not right. I'm just giving you what the Word says. I'm not right. She said, well, but the Bible's right. And she says, okay. So I brought my tithe, and I brought an offering in this sack, and I want to give. And she said, now, before I leave, my husband is in Desert Storm, and he's there, and he's not saved, and I want you to agree with me for my husband to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we prayed together. She left her offering. It was a few hundred dollars, and she left, and we had prayed together. Well, it wasn't long after that. She gets news. Her husband goes to a Bible study in Iraq, gets saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Changed their marriage, changed their whole family, right? Amazing. So, uh, so she left, and the Lord said, I just showed you a token. That's not all that's coming. I just want to let you know there's more on the way. So, here's what the deal. So the biggest giver, when he left the church, the church we were bringing in maybe five or $6,000 a week when he, was, when he left. And then I noticed the church finances went to $10,000 a week. Then they went up to $20,000 a week. Then they went to $30,000 a week. Then they went to $40,000 a week. Then they went to $50,000 a week. Then they went to $60,000 a week. Then it went to $70,000 a week. Then it went to $80,000 a week. Then it went past that to $90,000 a week. Then past $100,000 a week. And I got up and asked if anybody else wants to leave. Come on, God is able to make all grace about. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! I said God is able to make all grace abound. Whoa! Ha ha! He says he will multiply. So the Lord said, quit thinking subtraction. When you're given, quit thinking minus and start thinking multiply. All right, let's try that one more time. Come on, quit thinking subtraction and start thinking God's going to multiply. Huh? Yeah, so I have this minister friend and he asked me to because he loved this teaching on the grace of God and giving and receiving, and he needs to learn it. So he says, could you teach me? So I'd meet him and talk to him. And, and so I met him in Colorado at a, uh, at a Starbucks. 
And uh, the Lord, so I met him, and the Lord said, he's going to give you an offering. And I said, okay. He said, and whatever he gives you, I want you to multiply it times four and give it back to him. So I said, okay, I'll do that. So I had a check. So we get there, and we talk about, you know, the word. And he's like, oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah, oh, man, that's changing my thinking. Oh, that's changing my life. And he says, oh, thank you, thank you. And then before we left, he gave me a, a check. And I said, well, that's very nice of you. You don't have to do that. He said, no, I wanted to give. And so he gave me $1,000. I said, thank you. That's very generous. And so I pulled a check out of my, well, out of my uh, coat, and I said, uh, here's $4,000. He goes, oh, wow. I said, the Lord told me whatever you give me to multiply it back to you four times. He went, oh, I said, Wonder what you would have done if you would have known me. Ah, come on now. I wonder what you would have done. Come on. God's saying, I'm wondering what you're going to do if I'm going to multiply your seed sown. I'm wondering what you're going to do. Woo. Hallelujah. So now listen close. Just like you participate in the generosity and the sowing or the giving, listen close. I believe we also participate in the harvest. All right, now listen close. In other words, don't just tithe or sow your seed and just forget about it. Take the promise of God and expect that promise to come to pass. Speak it and declare it. Don't talk lack. Always say the money will come. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm a sower. The money will come. I learned that from Dad Hagen. He said, don't talk lack. If you whine about the lack of money, it keeps money from coming to you. So he said, always say the money will come. Or say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. And I never lack for money. I never lack for money. Come on. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I drive the best, wear the best, eat the best, live in the best, and I give the best. Now listen, listen. So here's what the Lord showed me. He said to participate in the harvest. All right, now listen just for a second. To participate in the receiving part, giving and receiving. To participate in the harvest, he said joy is a harvesting factor. All right, let's try this side over here. He said, joy is a harvesting factor. Come on, you might sow in tears, but you will reap in joy. (laughs) He said, joy is a harvesting factor. Y'all still here? So he said, after you tithe and sown and given, you may be at your house or you may be somewhere. You start praising and rejoicing and acting like the Bible is true and God is able to make all grace abound. Amen. So you might want to jump around your room and say, I got a whopper of a harvest that is coming in. The blessing of the Lord. You might want to jump around the room a little bit and say, devil, you're a liar. God is opening up supernatural resources. And you got to me too late. I know the word works. <laughs> We're on about five different TV networks five days a week. So we went on the word network of, uh, years two ago, so three years. Um, so we go on every morning. 
So I said, well, Lord, you know, that's going to cost me an extra $20,000 a month just in time, not counting production and other things. Extra $20,000 a month. So I, one guy came and said, well, I'm going to give you $60,000 to take care of that. So I said, well, thank you. That takes the first three months. So I was preaching on there every morning. I said, Lord, you know, uh, people order books or whatever, you know, and then they send an offering. Well, there was a guy on there that had originally came from Cuba, and he saw the Word Network, and, and he said, I love that. I never met him before in my life. Anyway, to make a long story short, he sent me a million dollars. The Lord said to me, do you think that'll take care of it? I said, that ought to take care of it. <laughs> God wants to blow your mind and what he can do in your life if you'll dare to take a few steps of faith and get out of your comfort zone and quit whining about your situation and dare to believe God. Some of you are about to have the greatest breakthrough financially you have ever had in your life by the grace of God. <laughs> oh, somebody, hallelujah, the greatest breakthrough you've ever had. Woo! Sit down, sit down. How would you act if you already had the thing that you've been believing for? I'd, I'd tell you, I'd go ahead and do it. <laughs> Woo. 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 Somebody. <laughs> Woo. Woo. They they went that away, hallelujah. Ha ha! Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! Woo! Sit back down, sit back down, listen. That's okay if you're running now, don't let me interrupt you. Instead of acting like you're struggling and you're so needy, come on, and you're just struggling, how would you act if you believe God is able to make all grace abound? Come on, your house, your family, your job, your business. Woo, my Father God. I said, I'm trying to show you. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Everybody say, glory, 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 glory. Come on, he's the God of more than enough. He's not just barely enough. More than enough. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, I'm doing some receiving right now. Come on, go ahead and receive the word and just say, Lord, I believe and I receive. I'm expecting a harvest. I'm expecting a breakthrough. I'm expecting. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. Sit down, sit down. I, I've got to get over this just a little bit longer. Then, then I'll turn you loose. Ha, ha, ha. I feel like slapping somebody right now. Dad Hagen, he used to walk around the anointing and he'd lay hands on people, tap you on the head, and he'd just say, be blessed. I mean, every time I'd go home after he slapped me in the head, I'd have increase break out in my life, my church. So I got to stick my head out and say, hit me one more time, baby. I said, hit me one more time. I receive the anointing. I receive the blessing. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. So, 
we're still talking about not just giving, but receiving. Right? So joy is a harvesting factor. The psalmist David said, I rejoice at your word. Like I just found a great spoil. A great spoil like somebody just gave you a million dollars. I rejoice over your word. Like somebody just gave me a million dollars. Dad Hagen said, the word will work for you when you get thrilled with it. All right, we're going to try it one more time. The word, the exceeding great and precious promises will work for you when you get thrilled with it. Let's try it one more time. Because sometimes people read a scripture or promise, they go, well, that's interesting. But the word will work for you. Come on. Don't act like God just gave you a quarter. When you receive a promise from God, come on, you get so happy and thrilled with that promise. You start thanking him and praising him and rejoicing over that word. Let's try that one more time. I said the word will work for you when you rejoice over that word like somebody just gave you a million dollars. I said, I rejoice over that word. Oh my God. <laughs> that word, he sent his word. He sent his word. He sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from their destructions. His word, how you receive the word. Go ahead and let them rejoice a while. How you receive the word. Ha, ha, ha. I sit back down just for a minute if you want to. So, I rejoice over your word. Come on, you hear the word. The light comes on. Faith cometh. But the devil's got trouble when you hear the word and faith coming. Faith rises in your heart. And you say the next 12 months will not be like the last 12 months. Come on, the next 12 months of my life will be different than the last 12 months. There will be a breakthrough in the will of God and the word of God in my life. I believe it and I say it. I said I believe it and I say it. Uh, I sit down now, listen, listen. So your joy Come on, James says, count it all joy. One translation says maximum joy. Even when you're facing a challenge. Come on, you don't stop tithing and giving when you're facing a challenge. Come on, look that thing in the face and laugh at the devil. God is greater, his grace is greater. Count it all joy. One joy, two joy, three joy. Turn your joy up. Come on, turn your joy up to maximum joy. What's maximum joy? That means you're shouting, praising, laughing, jumping, running, dancing all at the same time. You scared yourself you got so happy. You're like. Joy is a harvesting factor. Y'all still with me here? Joy is a harvesting factor right here in Houston, Texas 
actually just south of here, pastor by the name of Brother Goodwin, pastored in the 60s. And he had a great church, supernatural church, and he was very close friends with Dad Hagen. And friends with my dad, friends with John Osteen, Joel's dad. And so they were all kind of, you know, years ago, pioneering the word of faith. And so Brother Goodwin, his building and property, everything he had, he was doing so good financially. Everybody asked him, how are you doing so good financially in your ministry? How did you do it? He said, well, you know, we're givers, of course. He said, but what I did is I just danced the money in. He said, anytime we had a challenge, we didn't stop giving, but we started getting happier and rejoicing. And he said, I danced the money in till every building is paid for, the church is paid for, the property's all paid for. I just danced the money in. Now, I don't know if you can dance or not, or you just rather stay broke. But I, I believe God that you can rejoice the money in, praise the money in. So I, I just do a little bit of a dance. Say, whoa, the money will come. <laughs> hey, the money will come. people. I tell people, you, you may not be able to dance, but you can scoot. Come on. You may not dance, but you can scoot and go, oh, the money coming, the money coming. I tell you, the money coming. Come on, scoot around the room. The money going to come. Come on, the money coming. Oh, the money coming. Maybe you could get a designated runner and say, could you run around the church for me? <laughs> your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation. Let's try it one more time. Your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation. If you're expecting a miracle, you're expecting, man, I'm expecting the word is working mightily. My celebration <laughs> Woo! is a demonstration. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. Woo! Listen to me right now. Money's moving, money's shaking, strongholds are breaking. Come on, houses and lands and property coming into your hands. Come on, the money will come. Ha, ha, ha. Ah. Woo. Woo. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. I can remember years ago rejoicing just like we're doing here. And we would rejoice. And I can remember in the ministry it looked like it would be a miracle if we ever broke a $3 million 
barrier. In that year, we thought, how would that ever happen? But we just rejoiced. Sowed our seed, rejoiced. Man, we broke that barrier years ago into four million, five million, six million, seven million, eight million. Come on, y'all still here. Whatever barrier you're facing right now, I declare you'll break that barrier and go into new territory of blessing. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.